Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adiwumi. I'm going through this teaching and we are going through the book of Mark. And I'm on chapter 13. I, believe, I pray that the Lord will give insight and understanding as I read. I will pause at some Bible verses and give some, some explanation or some comments to give us some more insight or to compare scriptures with scriptures as we compare it with the other gospel gospelers. Here we go. Mark chapter 13. Gospel of Mark. And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. Now they are talking of the temple that Herod built and the, according to the history, the Jews, after they returned to, from Babylon some many, many hundred years before, they tried to build the temple again. It was not as fanciful like the one that Solomon built that was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. But over the centuries, when Herod tried to make himself king, he tried to appease to please the Jews, the rulers, the, the Sanhedrin, the religious rulers of, of Judea. And he promised to build, to rebuild the temple for them. And they, according to the history, he built that temple maybe before the Lord Jesus Christ was born. And they said it took almost for something years building that temple with precious stones and so on that he used. And that was the temple that the Lord Jesus Christ met there. And that was the temple that the Lord Jesus Christ was coming out of in this chapter 13, that temple of Herod. And of course, the Herod that built it is not the current Herod, but it's their family. The first Herod was the one that was there when Jesus Christ was born, that tried to kill the Messiah. But another Herod, which is his son or grandson, they are a, a dynasty. So they are the one, the error that was, like King John the Baptist was not the error that uh, was trying to kill Jesus, those are, that would be his son. The error that Apostle Paul was talking to Herod Agrippa was also from the same family line. I mean, they all claim to the word error is the title of their, of their, of their dynasty. Okay, here comes the story, let's go again. So the apostles, they saw this, they were showing it to Lord Jesus, look at this beautiful stone, what a beautiful building that's here, Herod's temple. And Jesus Christ wanted to tell them that hey, this thing will not be here for in a few, many, some years, this thing will be destroyed. And that's what the Lord was going to tell them because we know right now that even the, right now in our generation, thousands of years, that, that, that temple has been completely destroyed for thousands of years. And that was what the Lord was pointing, wanted to prophesy to them, telling them what was coming to happen. So in verse 2, Jesus Christ answering, said unto them, See thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Well, that surprises the disciples and apostles. They want to know, uh, when will this happen? Uh, verse, verse 3, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, over against the temple, Andrew, Peter and James and John and Andrew, those are the four first disciples, asked him privately, Tell us, when shall these things be? 
what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? I mean, they wanted to know because they know that uh, if that is going to happen, it's going to have to be some form of a war also. They're going to destroy this temple building. It will be a form of war. They need to know how, when is this going to happen. So they can escape for their life or something like that. So are, Christ is going to tell them what the future right now in this exposition, Mark, Mark, Mark chapter 13, it's actually not the parable. This is really talking about uh, the end time from the time of the apostles till the end is what God is going to summarize. Jesus Christ was going to summarize for them here. Verse 5, And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now that verse 6 could be interpreted to mean many false Christ will claim that they are Christ. Also, it can also mean that Christ is saying, some even will come and say, Jesus is Christ, but they are still deceivers because they are going to be leading people away from Christ. And that's what he said. They will be saying, I am Christ. They will say, Jesus Christ is Christ. And shall still be deceived many. And you know, many in our generation right now, there are many so-called preachers, prophets, that claim that they are preaching Jesus. But they are drawing men to themselves by making money, by big mega issues, just to make themselves rich. And we have stories of people that say, Come to our own church, you become a millionaire. They're not preaching Jesus. They're not preaching the cross. They're preaching, you make money if you join our own church. And they are deceiving people. And those are the type of Christ said that many will come like that, claiming that I am Christ, that Jesus Christ is Christ, but they were still deceiving many. So it's not just saying Jesus is Christ, but are they leading you to Christ Jesus? Are they leading you to themselves to make merchandise of you? Verse 7. And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. Now, of course, you can look at that and say that has been going on since uh, AD 70. Wars, countries against countries, rumors of wars. Up to in our generation right now, there have been so many wars, First World War, Second World War, and so many rumblings happening right now in our, in our generation. Uh, Russia attacking Ukraine. And in the Middle East, it's China, or in the, in the Far East, China is threatening to go and attack uh, Taiwan. And uh, North Korea is throwing bombs at every place, testing all these nuclear things. These are rumors of wars and wars. And this is, has been happening since then. Christ said, this will be happening. But the hand shall not be yet. He was telling the apostles then, because they were thinking, if they saw rumors wars, because when they said, at 70 AD, Rome, Attack Jerusalem and Jerusalem. We say that was that thought that was the end also. But the end was not here. That was just one skirmish on the other. And that has been going over the centuries. Verse 8. And Christ continues, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be earthquakes in diverse places. You see, in diverse places, not just in one place, different places. You'll be hearing the earthquake, and it's happening, it's much more. Occurring more repeatedly in our generation. Earthquake here, earthquake there. They have a place, a section that say around the Pacific coast. We call it Ring of Fire because there's earthquakes every time over there. Those are all part of the thing Christ was saying. You'll be hearing some of those things. Earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. Say these are the beginnings of sorrows. So that's not the end yet. And that has been going on for a thousand, for a thousand or two thousand years now. That earthquakes, famine in Africa, famine over there, famine in different places. 
and then pestilences. The one just passed through one part called the coronavirus, and that have been there have been, been a, there have been another one 1918 or something that called so many, so many plagues all over the world. That is on and on. The Bible said these are the beginning of sorrows. Verse nine. Say, but take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils, and in the synagogues ye shall be beaten, and ye shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. Now that verse nine was now addressing these disciples, and not only the disciples that started that he started sending out. Everyone that is a believer will be facing that type of persecution. They are going to take you guys and persecute you guys. And in the synagogues of Jews, they will be telling you guys, thinking they are, you guys are fanatics of uh, uh, false. Say, for the name of Christ, and that has been going on from the time of the apostles till the end, it will be occurring. We are the non believers, we will be persecuting the believers. Why? Because Christ has come and brought a kingdom of God that is starting. And it's coming like, it's like a waging war against this kingdom of darkness where Satan is ruling in the spirit world, in this world. But Christ has come to establish a kingdom that's going to take over this kingdom of this world. And Satan is going to fight it by rousing up men that do not, that are not believing to attack, to build, to persecute the believers. And that is why he said that, that will be allowed. Because it's part of the prophecy in the Bible that God will allow that. As he has prophesied in the book of Genesis, which we have pointed out in some other sermons. He said, but it's for a testimony against all those rulers of the world that are going to be arresting Christians and persecuting them. They will hear that in, in another kingdom of God is coming. It's as a testimony against them. They will hear it, some of them they do believe it, of course, they will persecute. And that is what Christ was telling us up front. Verse 10. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. What is the gospel? That the Son of God came down from heaven, put on human face, and sacrificed for mankind to, to forgive our sins and to bring us into the kingdom of God. Anyone that believes and is baptized shall be saved. That is, you will be part of that kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is what we rule on this planet. And all those who don't believe will be thrown into the lake of fire in the end. And this planet will be clean and only the righteous, the only people who believe on this planet. Those who believe in Christ Jesus are the only people that are living on this planet forever. That is the kingdom of God. It is to be it's a good news, but it's to be published to all over the nations that they know that God has come to take man back to himself and through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, he has forgiven mankind and he's calling you now, accept Jesus and the sinful nature will be removed from you and you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. If you believe it, you will be saved and you will you have that new nature. If you, if you don't believe it, you think your father's religion is good enough for you, then you'll be one of them that will throw into the lake of fire cleaned out of this man's life. That is the good news. And with the power of that salvation from sin is power to heal our bodies, to heal our body from sicknesses and power over sickness and over Satan. And that is what the gospel is all about. Verse 11. See, but when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye. For it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. So God has promised that he's going to give the Holy Spirit to every believer that are going to be speaking for him. Verse 12. He continues now, he's going to go back to telling the things that is going to be happening to the disciples and then if we jump to what will be happening to the world. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father the son. And children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. 
and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Why will they hate the believers? Like I just said, it's a warfare. God is starting a, a, an army on earth that is to overthrow the satanic army in the spirit. The satanic has its own army in the spirit world. They use men, influencing men to do evil. But God is starting a kingdom here on earth. God is going to use men also. And he's sending his Holy Spirit into this man that will be fighting not only the satanic spirits in the, in the world, but they are going to be preaching to the human beings. And the human beings who don't want to believe, Satan will influence them to persecute these believers, these, these soldiers of Christ. And that is why he said, it will be like the old, all men will be hating these believers. Why? Because most of the people are under Satan. But they were deceived by Satan all along. But the devil is already knew the, the devil knew the secret, he won't let them know. And the devil is already lost about to anyway, because the Bible says when God prophesies, it's going to happen. God says it is finished. God says it is the saints won the battle. So it is already prophesied that God said they overcame the dragon, they overcame Satan. And that is what it is, it's a warfare. And I'm trying to make you see it. That's why Christ said, Ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So we are to endure that persecution till the end. Till the end could be till the till the till the till death. You have to lay down our life for Christ because he's going to resurrect all the believers in the end. To bring them back to this planet Earth to live while the evildoers are destroyed from this planet Earth and their spirit and soul also be thrown to the lake of fire in the end. Let's go to verse 14. But when ye shall see the abomination of desolation. Spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that readers understand, then let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. Now the Lord is changing gear. He, he started by telling them what is coming to be global, famine, wars, and rumors of war. Then he's zeroing on the apostles and disciples that they will do this to you guys that are following me, that believing in me, as you, go, you are going to go and be preaching to the nation. But it's like a warfare. Satan will be rising on men to persecute you. They will be arresting you. Beating you up, many, many of you will be killed. They that endure to the end shall be saved. Now he has, he's done with telling the apostles. Now he's going to tell what is going to happen to Jerusalem. That's what you say in verse 14. Say, when you shall see the abomination of desolation. That abomination is this fact that the Roman Empire will try to desecrate the temple of the Jews. When under Caesar, we say, where well, is God himself? Because they think the Caesar, because they are ruling the world, they think they are God. And they want every place of worship to have a plaque of Caesar in the temple. And the Jews will revolt against that, and they revolted. And that's what the Daniel prophesied about it, that it's called abomination. So when you begin to put an, an image or statue in the temple that God said there should be no image, there should not bow up to any image, then that's abomination. But you call it abomination of desolation because it's going to cause them to be attacked by Roman Empire when they revolted against Rome because of that plaque or statue that Rome put there on their temple or around on the side on the wall of their temple. They will revolt against it that will make the Romans send soldiers. But God says it's going to be a vengeance. It's not that God is going to fight for the Jews because they have already crucified their God. They didn't believe Jesus is the God. They didn't believe Jesus is the Son of God. They crucified him and thinking God is on our side when they actually crucified him. Because Jesus Christ said it will be a day of vengeance when we allow the Romans to come against them they started by first putting their, they say, Caesar, he said, they have no other king but Caesar. Okay, that Caesar is your king. Now Caesar said, put this thing, worship 
Caesar now. He said, no, we don't want to worship Caesar. Then he said, Christ said, I come in my father's name. They receive me not. Another will come in his own name. That's coming. So they said, well, we have no other king but Caesar. But when Caesar now said, okay, here's my plaque, put it on your temple. He said, no, 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 we don't want to do that. I said, well, Caesar is going to fight them for that. And God is not going to defend them because they already rejected God. No, so. so that is really what this prophecy Christ was saying. He said, Daniel says, Daniel saw it 400 years before it happened. 400 something years before it happened. That there will be an abomination. It will cause desolation because when the Roman Empire finally attacked them in 70 AD in history, the Jews revolted and revolted until they were all scattered and destroyed. The temple was destroyed. The temple, the city was destroyed and they were all scattered worldwide. And there was no more Jews in that place for, for, for thousands of years. That was what in about 1940-something they now started becoming a nation again. People coming from all over the world wanting to go back and, and be a, a Jewish nation. That was almost 1,100 years. God already prophesied it through the Daniel. That's going to be a long time this time. When they kill him, he said, it's going to be repercussion for that. God said, well, God blinded him. Yeah, God blinded him, but see, there's still going to be repercussion. So that whether the devil is the one that used you, the devil is going to be judged in the end, but see, you are also going to suffer your punishment. So because when you say God blinded them, it is the devil that actually blinded them. And that's what the Bible says. Oh, Adam, Eve, and the serpent, they all offended nothing. But did God say, oh, okay, Adam, you don't need to be punished. Oh, Eve, you don't need to be punished. I'll just punish the serpent. No, Adam would receive some punishment. Eve received some punishment, and the serpent also received punishment. So that is why we have to fear God and tremble at his word and try to and do our best to please God. And to obey his word is what the Bible says. So you can't say, well, if if the if God is one that blinded them, maybe they shouldn't be punished. Christ said there will be a day of vengeance. And that is the vengeance. The abomination of desolation started by the Romans make them to destroy the temple after the after about 70 AD. Okay, let's continue. But Christ was giving this as a prophecy to the apostles before he was crucified that when you see that abomination, they say, be around because it's going to be serious against the Jews. He said, flee to the mountains. Verse 15 said, and let him that is on the house top not go down into the house. I mean, it's going to be quick. Run away, run away, run away, wherever you are. When you see that thing begin to happen, when they put the plaque on the temple, that's the abomination. Don't wait for what will be the result. Well, it's, the result is already prophesied by Daniel. It could be the resolution of the whole place. So the apostles and the Jews, many at that time, some of the apostles were already there. But many believe, many disciples that were still around there, they remember this prophecy of Jesus Christ, they started running away from Jerusalem and running away from the area because they destroyed the old city according to history. That's what Christ was giving them warning right there in chapter Mark chapter 13, verse 15. That neither enter the area, that is not enter into that city, because they are going to surround the city. Anybody that's, that's enter into it will be locked in. Neither enter the area to take anything out of his house if you are in, on the top of the house of your throne. Verse 16. And let him that is in the field not turn back again for to take up his garment. He's telling them this could be very hasty. And they see you flee. You have to take your flight and don't, don't come back. Verse 17. But woe to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. And what does that mean? He's saying those women with children in the city when there is war, they are always the ones that will feel the, the, the serious pressure. They, they are trying to save their children and the soldiers that are winning, they just kill both the children and the mother and torture them. 
in so bad ways that people don't want to talk about it. That's why it's a war unto the women with children. Because that is, those are the ones that are going to feel all the, all much pain when there's war. Because this is war. Verse 8 says, And pray ye that your fly be not in the winter. What does that mean? That you say, the fly, Christ was telling them that when they see this thing, they are better run, 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 run from Jerusalem. Run away because they are going to destroy it. Pray that it's not only winter time. Winter times will be so cold that if you run into the jungle, you will be, you will be killed in the jungle by the, by the cold. You will be frozen to death. That's why you better pray that it's not, it's not going to start during winter time. And even you said in another place, said, and that your prayer that it's not even during the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day is when they lock the gates. You can't even run out of these, out of the gates. So that's one of the things that was telling them that were that were hearing that were in Jerusalem then that you pray that it's not during winter time. Verse 19. For in those days shall be affliction, such as was not from the beginning of the creation which God created unto this time. Neither shall be. Now, that particular verse that says, Neither shall be. We also actually be talking about the end of the world rather than the one that happened at 70 AD. But nonetheless, let's continue. Verse 20. And say, except that the, the Lord has shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he has chosen, he has shortened the day. Now that's what I said, verse 19 and 20 was, you have to remember this prophecy was not recorded like we were recording when you are saying it right now. They were remembering it. 15 years later, 20 years later, 30 years later, after it was said. So when you remember things that are said 30 years later, you know you can't remember word for word what was said and how which one was said first. So this one that Mark put down here was more like summarizing what he had them say he said. He himself was, was not there when the Lord just was saying this. So when you go to Matthew chapter 24, Matthew de de described this same prophecy and put some more detail there. And put some Bible verses here, some Bible verses here. So you can say, was this one said before this? So mean that this will happen for before that one. So you can say, well, most likely it won't be accurate when you say, will this happen for before this one? Because they were remembering it after 20 years, after 30 years that it was said. So which one did they remember it said first before that? So they, they most likely will not be able to put them together accurately. But see, this was summarized for us to also know that this will happen. Whether this will happen first or this will happen later, that's only really matter after us. After this moment, this are past. I said in future. Here he said, except the Lord has shortened those days, no flesh will have been saved. We know that that palace is talking about the end of the world, where there will be nuclear war. And when the nuclear war is occurring, almost like almost all flesh, animals, human beings will have been wiped out from this planet. Earth. That is what that palace is referring to, not the war against Jerusalem. That is only localized to Jerusalem, not so, or to Jew, to Judea. Because there's no flesh. He didn't say no Jew. Like I'm saying, he's talking of Israelites. No, he said no flesh will have been saved, except the Lord has chosen this. So we know this Bible verse is, uh, is, uh, is placed in the wrong spot here. It will have been placed later if it is uh, talking about the end of the world, not the war of Jerusalem. Now let's continue. Verse 21. And then, if any man shall say to you, Lo, here is Christ, or Lo, is there believe him not so you can say that's why you say this is not chronological that this we have to happen before this one it's just a mark just put the the voice down as you remember when they were reporting to, to the disciples in in the in the, in the sermon. verse 23 what 25 22 for false christ 
and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. False Christ are false prophets. Even false religion stood up after Christ. Even the Mandarin Islam stood up about 600 years after Christ was crucified from Mecca and started killing people and saying, oh, let's take their, their religion. And it looked like that, that man, Muhammad Kubaraz, would have run into some believers in Christ. They only got partial of what they were saying. They didn't get everything. They got the, the words of, uh, of the Lord of Moses. Got some of those stories of Abraham, or perhaps those stories of Abraham were also in their area. They are all Midianites and so on. They also know some of those stories of Abraham. So he got some of those together and started trying to keep people if they don't follow what he was telling them. So you can say that's become a false religion, not the peaceful religion that Christ brought. So somebody can get partial light and, and make it that that's the full light, and the people that follow him turn into violence, killing anyone that you're not going to take it. Basically, it becomes false religion also. Because when they now meet the true Christians, because they don't have the Holy Ghost, they will think these true Christians are extreme or they are not. So they start persecuting the true Christians. So that is why the devil can use anything he can place out upon. If you are not careful, the devil will use you too to, to do some havoc against other human beings. So that's how the devil can begin to use a, a partial religion to persecute the true, the true Christians. Even that's why you see some other religion persecute the other denomination. This denomination begins to talk bad of that denomination. And they will think they are serving Christ. Why? Because the devil is using them. The devil can use anybody. The devil can use anybody that, that allows you. So you have to resist the devil, what the Bible says. Resist the devil by knowing what the word of God says. If you know what the word of God says, you resist the devil by the word of God. The word of God says we have to walk in love, loving one another. Not saying if you don't believe what I do, I'm going to kill you. No. Love. Our God is love. And that is really what makes the difference between Christianity and just church going. Christianity and other religion. Christianity is Christ, like Christ said, walk in love. I say love one another. Verse 26 says, false, For false Christ and false prophets shall arise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce. If it were possible, even the very elect will be seduced. But take ye it, behold, I have foretold you all things. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with great power and glory. Now, that was talking about when Jesus Christ is coming the second time. The second coming from the cloud, he said the sun will be darkened, the moon shall not shine a light, and that is signs from the sky that people that are on earth during that time will see something coming from the sky and that is really what this one talking about which is at the end of time when christ is going to appear in the sky to come and take over the the physical world and we know that before that happened in the spirit christ will have taken these christians out of here in the rapture which we call rapture which you will see in the after that in the ball the apostles begin to preach that the apostle paul in first thessalonians said christ will with the voice of the archangel, the dead in Christ shall rise forth. We that are still alive and are believers will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And then there will be a marriage supper. And then when Christ is coming down, that he's mentioning here, when he shall all high shall see him, it will be with the Christians that have gone up with him. That's what he said. That's what the Bible indicated to us in many other Bible chapters. He said, You shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. 
Verse 27. And then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven, which means the elect of God, the Christians that have died and those that, are, will, be, that will be resurrected. They will be from the, I say from the uttermost part of the earth, those that are on earth, and to the uttermost part of heaven, those that are already in heaven. He's going to gather them together. They are coming down to take over the kingdom of this world. And the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's going to reign physically on, from Jerusalem in that, in that generation that we see him come from the sky. Verse 28. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. Now the Lord was going to give a parable of, to summarize what he was saying. When our branch is yet tender and put forth leaves, ye know that summer is near. So ye in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh, even at the doors. Now the fig tree, our people have always said, it symbolizes the nation Israel. The fig tree symbol. If it says it symbolizes the nation Israel, it means after 870 when the Israel was scattered and the, the old Jerusalem was destroyed, and there was no more nation history for, for thousands of years, for a thousand years. So now, when you begin to see that nation is beginning to shoot forth again, like they started in 1940 something, and by 1948 they declared independence when British Empire was one that was ruling all, almost all of that region and allowed them to have independence. So now they become a nation called Israel. So it's like a, a victory is now blossoming again. So when you begin to see that, you know that the time of harvesting is nine. Because when the trees begin to blossom with flowers, it means that they're going to be fruit, they're going to be harvested. So he said, when you begin to see that as a parable, when you begin to see the nation Israel become a nation again, among all the other nations of the world, that means that the harvesting time is getting close, when God is going to come and harvest the world. Because that nation is going to be part of the nations that need to be harvested. So that's what the Lord is giving us as an int. So then you see that the summer is nigh. But start he said, Verily I say unto you, that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Now, that Bible verse, many people have got just like I said before, these people are reporting this prophecy many almost 20 years or 30 years after it was said. So which one was said before the other one? You cannot tell that they are chronological. So when he said this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. I, I am the of opinion that that actually should have been following the Jerusalem being destroyed. Which means, it's the generation that, were, that crucified the Messiah that he was referring to that they will not pass away before the Roman Empire will destroy the city. That makes sense there also. So, but see, they just put these Bible verses together so that we don't know whether this generation is talking about is the generation at the end of the world. Because people now begin to think, because this follows the fact that uh, uh, yeah, you see the fig tree, and we say the fig tree means Israel is now blossoming, and people think he's talking of the Israel that blossom is in the generation that will not pass away. The new Israel that is starting from 1948. So believers, prophets, or prophets, Christians of this our generation now, have been trying to pinpoint time when Christ is going to come back. They say this generation shall not pass away. So they thought, well, since nation, nation Israel started in 1948, the generation should be about what? 40 years? Some people say 40 years is. So the people begin to put time and date and say 1948 plus 40, maybe 1988. And it failed, not so. 1988 Christ has not come by. Some people say, well, maybe 70 years is a generation. What about if he said? And that also is past. 
Some people say, well, 100 years is a generation. What will that be? 2048. So everybody is just trying to think. But if you pull that Bible verse out of there and put it with the one that said Jerusalem will be destroyed, then you know that generation didn't pass away. It was just 70 AD when those people that were saying, crucify him, crucify him. Most of them are young people. Of course, the high priest may be 50 something year old, maybe 70 something year old, but the generation are really the younger people. 20s, 30s, they are the ones that always vocal. And they are the ones that say, crucify him. Crucify him. At 40 years to their age, because 70 AD, they were all taken away. So they were still that generation, some of them will now be parents, some of them will now be senior citizens, but they were the ones that were destroyed by the Roman Empire. That's what I believe that Bible verse is talking about them, that that generation that say crucify him, crucify him, they will not pass away till all this prophecy about Jerusalem being destroyed will be fulfilled. That is why I say that Bible verse should have perhaps was said around for the, for the Jerusalem and not for the end of the world where people are now trying to put. Because we are here, we are looking back at history. We are looking back at the Bible that was written almost 30 years ago and trying to put what is saying to our time. It was not said for our time. This particular Bible verse was not said for our time. Is what I'm saying. This part was said for the for the Israelites. Uh, but continue because in this our own generation too, we cannot pinpoint which generation will not pass away before the the Lord Jesus has come. It's any any generation that he met, we still have to face all this word of God. But study one say, heaven and not shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. That is everything that the Lord Jesus Christ said shall not pass away. It shall fulfill itself. It shall come to pass, like he said. Everything he said shall fulfill itself. Verse 31, verse 32. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Now we know he's talking about the end of the world. That no one knows the day of the hour except the Father. Why is it? According to Mark, the Mark says neither the Son. That is not, not only the Son of God, but the Father alone. I would like to say, look at it this way. Human beings kept coming to the world. You are being born. People are dying. People are doing one are being born. These people that are being born, we have to hear the gospel also and decide for themselves. But that continues for it for, for what we continue since the beginning of Adam. New pop, new people are born, they grow up and they have to choose whether they follow God or to follow the devil. And new another generation goes, another come, generation comes. Say, when will this thing stop? Only the Father who is sending the spirit into the world know when he's going to stop it and say enough. Also. So that's why the Lord Jesus said, No man knows the day or the hour except the Father. We say, Well, they, they don't have to stop sending spirits to world. Because the Bible said that even in the days of Noah, they were still having baby when that flood came. They were still getting married in the days of Lot. They were marrying and having children when the destruction came. That's, that's what I mean that that has to stop. But see, it is the Father that decides how many people have to be, because He's going to invest them into His kingdom. God is going to invest human beings into His kingdom. So, how many people do, do, do He go to want? How many human beings? He's the one that decides that. So, human beings trying to kill and trying population, you are trying to control population. It's not necessary. God decides how many people He send into the world. So, Christ said, "No man knows the day of the Bible, the Father only." Verse thirty-three. Take ye it, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. Verse 34. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey. As the Lord Jesus Christ is like he's going to take a far journey. That's what it is right now because he's been gone for about 2,000 years. But he said, We believers, we see him. We manifest to us one by one individually as he likes. 
it manifests to his believers, but it's still like a far journey is not going to be seen by the world. See, for the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to wash as the gate, the, the, the gate man. Wash ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house coming, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. Now look at that, he said, you don't know when the master of the house is coming, but he put the evening times. So then you can say it's not going to be during the day, does it? Is that even? Which is like 6 p.m., 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m., that's evening. At midnight, 12 midnight, or at cock crowing, it's like a 4 a.m. because that's when the cock are beginning to crow. Or in the morning, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m. So he said, you don't know, it's basically evening time when people are not expecting activities. So that's a, a sign to us. The pastor says, Let's come in suddenly and find you sleeping because that's when people sleep also. From the evening to the morning, that's when people normally sleep. They say, We that are watching, no sleep. Sleeping means you are no more caring for the things of God. Sleeping means you are no more living righteous and holy. You're no more living for Him, you're living for yourself. That's sleeping. That's what he's talking about spiritually. So he's not talking about the physical sleep on your bed. No. He's talking about don't, don't slumber from the gospel of salvation. Live for Christ, live holy, because only the holy people will be inheriting this planet earth. The less coming suddenly, he find you sleeping. Verse 37, what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. What he is saying here is for every believer to watch and pray. Watching means keep your eyes open, looking at the news also. And looking at heaven, Lord Jesus Christ, when are you coming? I want to be ready. Watch yourself so that I am not running to sin or offenses. That's watching and praying. Thanking him for all that he has done for us. And the Lord said, Wash and pray. What I say unto you, I say unto you, Wash. We are going to continue this in the next chapter, chapter 14. God bless you. Amen.